It is Friday, October 6th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The streak is over. The Bears finally get a win. And we'll preview the rest of week five of the NFL. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Chicago Bears get their first win since 1974. <laughs> it seems like it, right? <laughs> Let's just call that the Vegas lead, Scott. I mean, the Bears won a football match. Yeah, it's uh, the 14-game losing streak is over. The Bears win a football game and not just win. They score a ton of points. It was the most points. that It's like the third time they've scored 40 or more in, in the last decade or forever. It's been quite a while since we saw a performance like this from the Chicago Bears. I'm so bummed out because last night I was like, the, the overs to play, but it's a Thursday night. You know, we always play th- Thursday night unders. Like, but they, I was just like, these defenses are dreadful. There's no way this goes under. And yeah, th- I should have played that. that that's a, that is a, some serious no bet regret on my part. Um, but, you know, it happens. Uh, yeah, the, the Bears looked like a, a different animal. This, this, this didn't, all it took was sacrificing Dick Butkus, a, a Bears legend. Mm. And they got him, got themselves a win. It seems like a lot to do, but if Dick Buckus was willing to go for it, then you know he did, and the Bears won in his name. And I, I'm very, I'm very happy for that franchise. The Bears jumped out to a big lead. They gained 307 yards of total offense just in the first half alone. That's their most through two quarters in a road game since 1989. Justin Fields, for the second week in a row, throws three touchdown passes in the first half. Josh Allen's the only other quarterback to ever do that, and he did it once. Yeah, what what do we make of the, the back-to-back dominant performances by Justin Fields? Uh, Mac, do you know where Justin was in our uh, our quarterback rankings coming into this game? Like was I mean, I'm I'm guessing he was near the bottom, but he's got to be like sort of mid-level now. Yeah, he was tied for 23rd before this game. 77 okay. QBR in this game. Okay, and not bad. These are and listen, he put up some big numbers. He made some big-time throws. Maybe they're, again, he's playing the commanders. This is not a good defense. I don't care what mm. anybody tells you. I don't care that Chase Young was a high draft pick. They're not good on defense. Uh, I don't know that he's going to have a ton more of these performances, but while while he's got a hot hand, it's like the Bears are probably now kind of questioning, oh, do we really want, like, do the Bears think they've got their quarterback or not? Well, after these two weeks, I think the answer is yes. But then again, you look at the two defenses that they faced, and they're two of the bottom defenses in the league right now. I mean, just look at the commanders. Week one, they play uh, the Cardinals, and they give up 20 points. But after that, 33, 37, 34, and 40, the points that they have allowed this season. That's bad. Uh, No doubt. Yeah, so I don't know if you can take it away, take anything away and say, well, Justin Fields looks good. He looks confident or he's just played two of the worst defenses in the NFL. Now, I don't want to take anything away from Justin Fields because these are two really good back to back performances. And what's amazing is he throws for 282 yards 
DJ Moore was the only wide receiver that caught a catch, that caught a ball. Like Cole Komet had five catches. Robert Tunyon had two catches. DJ Moore, eight catches for 230 yards and three touchdowns. And the the one that was, hey, the defender took a gamble. All right, it's a 10-point game, yep. third down. He takes a gamble, goes for the ball instead of playing the man. I'm not, I don't know if maybe. I assume DJ Moore probably still catches it and it's a first down if he just plays the body, but maybe he knocks it out of his hands if he goes to play the man instead of going for the football. I don't know, but he also made the same poor decision earlier when DJ Moore, I'm going to use air quotes here for people that uh, are not, you know listening on the radio uh, in their on their phones or whatever. When DJ Moore stepped out of bounds, because we never saw a replay that showed him stepping out of bounds, but it was the same exact play. The defender went for the ball instead of playing the man, and it led to a huge catch and run for DJ Moore. At the end of the game, on that last play that DJ Moore scored on, I don't blame the defender for going for the ball. You needed a turnover or you were going to lose the Mm -hmm. game. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter if you lose the game by 20 or, or 13 at that point. You needed to could make you something imagine, happen. AJ, could you imagine if that's a pick six right there? Because if he was a half a step earlier, that's a that's an interception going to the house. Yeah. Like, what would we be thinking about Justin Fields if that ball winds up being a pick six instead of a deflected ball right to DJ Moore, who takes it to the house for a touchdown? I mean, we're still probably talking about him finally getting a win more than anything. Um, but mm. yeah, it's, cer- it's certainly not the, the throwing flowers and rose petals at the guy like we are right now. So it it is funny. But again, I don't blame the defender there. I, that was their only option. Like you, you've got to try to make a play happen. You're going to get beat sometimes when you go for it like that. Mm-hmm. Go for broke. You got beat. And it's uh, it's one of those things. But I, I you can say like and I know there's people who uh, I know there's people who probably had a, a live number uh, that, that they wanted to cover. But that was the right decision by that defender to go for it, even though it probably screwed some uh, some betters. You know, I, I just think that. There's so many things you can look back at this game and yeah, we're praising Justin Fields and the Bears for putting up 40 points and winning, but it felt like even though they were up by multiple scores the entire game, it felt like the commanders had multiple chances to come back and and make this thing interesting. There was the fourth down when they decided to go for the field goal to make it a 13-point game instead of uh, going. They were down 16, and you needed two touchdowns and two two two-point conversions. And then again, they go for the field goal, and uh, Sly misses the field goal to make it a seven-point game there in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and and part of why it feels like the commanders were in it is because Sam Howell had a pretty decent day himself, you know, at least – uh, from a statistical standpoint, you're going to see a bunch of counting stats and go, ooh, Sam Howell, wow. Uh, ran the ball well, threw the ball. I don't want to say threw the ball well, threw the ball a lot, mm-hmm. racked up a lot of passing yards. Um, you mentioned in our our group chat that the, the, the commanders didn't run a running play in the second half, nope. which is pretty, it's pretty wild. Uh, but the passing game was working for him in the second half, so they kept chucking it around. Um I think another thing about Justin Fields' performance is I think it could have been better. It felt like the Bears' offense really kind of ground to a halt mm-hmm. when the running backs got injured. You know, it started with Roshan Johnson leaving with a concussion, and then Khalil Herbert, who was running the ball really well, 10 carries, 76 yards. He gets his ankle caught behind him and and kind of stretches his leg out wrong, and then he has to leave the game. So they're, they're down to a running back that I'd literally never heard of before. Oh, he's a, and, he's a, he's a, a t- he's a fullback. He's not a running yeah, back. Yeah. And, and Justin Fields, and that was their offense. So 
the 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 offense looked so much better when they had a nice balance and they were able to run the ball. By the end of it, they were just like, well, just play backyard football, make something happen, Justin. And and it wasn't quite as effective. But I think you've got to give credit to the, the Chicago coaching staff, which I listen, I haven't said that sentence maybe ever, mm-hmm. but they had a, they did a good job calling plays last night and they, they, they put themselves in a position to, to succeed. And, and Justin Fields didn't have the backbreaking mistake that he's had in some of these games. So it's a uh, it ends up being a good day. Yeah, and you know we talk about the commanders and the decision. I think McKenzie, you can give us the numbers there on the the, the bot on what it says as far as the win percentage when they're down sixteen. There's still three minutes to go in the third quarter, and they decide after Sam Howell had the gutsiest of gutsy plays to make it fourth and short. They decide to take the points. What did what was the decision like from all the uh, the bots, McKenzie? Yeah, using Ben Baldwin's bot, go for it is twelve percent. Field goal attempt is only 9%. You end up winning the game. By the way, that's what the Vegas market said. If you look at the DraftKings live odds, it was plus 350 before they attempted the field goal. They go ahead and make it. It's a 95% kick. Okay. Their odds went down. They were plus 350. Then they went to plus 430. (laughs) So Vegas Mm. said that was dumb. Look, I tweeted it out in actually defense of Ron Rivera there because it was still the third quarter. And you need, and this is what I'm thinking. You need two touchdowns either way, right? You need two touchdowns and two two-point conversions just to tie the game. But by kicking the field goal there, you still need the two touchdowns, but now you don't need any two-point conversions, and two touchdowns wins the game instead of two touchdowns and two two two-point conversions to tie the game. All that, of course, is predicated on them coming up with a stop on defense, and what do they do on the next drive? They let them march right down the field and get kick a field goal. Here's something yeah. that the, ro- the robot won't mention, but – I mean, we we took a shit on Ron Rivera last week for being not aggressive enough, mm-hmm. and it, it's like he's uh, he's canoe Ron. He's like some sort of weak ass. There's no riverboat. This is like a a, a really sad, like a uh, a blow up raft Ron or something who's just not aggressive at all and not willing to take these gambles. I I don't know how many more how many chances the Commanders were going to have that were better than that. You know, you uh, wonder you wonder if they just don't have plays to get two or three yards because they they had, out. they had one successful two point conversion when it was a broken play. Right. And then it was Howell improvising. The other one, he just it was a terrible play. They didn't even get the two point conversion. And then they don't go for the two last week. They don't go for the fourth and short this week. Maybe it's just not in Bienemy's playbook. I, I don't know. But and, and speaking of Bienemy, you mentioned what I was saying about not running the ball. I understand you're losing and you need to like catch up. But how about like one running play to maybe Fine. give your quarterback a breather? Fine. I don't know. Maybe maybe. Because you know what? Maybe you catch the defense off guard because the Bears two times on third and long, we're talking about third and 12, third and 15, ran handoffs to Khalil Herbert, and he got the first down both times. So maybe on a first down after Sam Howell rushes the football and takes a hit and is breathing heavily, maybe just hand the ball off to Brian Robinson one time and see if you can work with a second and four or a second and five. They were consistently in third and longs. And you know what? They weren't even running good plays to get those first downs. It was but the they scored receivers. Twenty points in the half. They, that's a great half. Any half you score the... twenty points, it's a great half offensively. It doesn't make any sense what you're saying. And Colorado did the same thing that you were recommending, where they handed off on a draw play like four or five times in their final drive, and everyone's killing them. It's like you're wasting time. You don't have enough time to get the comeback. You're only going to cover. Is that your goal? Is to cover? 
Well, no, you know what was wasting time was, was good. You know what was wasting time? They had a field goal to cut it to one possession. Their offense was not a problem, at least not in the second half. It's, it's well, and, and the other thing is, Brian Robinson was bad. He had six carries for ten yards. Like, why would you give it to the guy who's averaging one and a half yards per carry when your quarterback's pushing four hundred yards? Like. This is the modern because NFL. They're not going to waste time on that. my quarterback is getting sacked. My quarterback is being put in third and long consistently. Let, let's be honest. A lot of those third down conversions were the receivers making plays after the catch because the balls were being thrown short of the first down yard to gain. There was the Logan Thomas diving play. There was the catch by Curtis Samuel to stretch for a first down. Dotson had to run for a first down after the catch. I, I, just, I think that there's a lot that Eric Bieniemy left out there that did not impress me with the way that this entire game it's, it's went. just a, a take out of a can like any game could be played and you could be saying exactly what you're saying if they didn't run the ball so here's their here are their possessions in the second half touchdown first down fumble so he had the first down and then Logan Thomas fumbled field goal which we disagreed with touchdown so fourth and three at the 10 they kick a field goal missed field goal and then the game's over it's 37 to 20 so which which possession were you like that's a terrible possession do better offensive coordinator none it, it makes no sense well, maybe they shouldn't have huddled up every time because they probably could have ran, I don't know, 10 more plays or they probably they probably wasted a good five minutes of this game huddling. But they should have ran it? I don't understand. You can't do it have it both ways. I'm not yeah, telling the clock, them to the should have taken more time. I'm not telling them to run the football 20 times. I'm telling them one play because you don't have happens if they ran it once and got seven yards or if they passed and got seven yards? Like, how is it like some sort of, oh, well, at least you ran it once. Now you're good. I know where they out multiple times. Okay. There was a first down where say, that's part where of the gets, offense. That's what you're trying to do to get, get guys gets, in space and make first downs. He gets sacked on the first down play and now it's second and long. And then they get bailed out. Then it's, you know, okay. Like I'm just saying, I, I know where this is coming from to succeed. I know where this is coming from. Is Brian Robinson on your fantasy team? <laughs> yeah. And he sucks. <laughs> I knew it. Just one time. Just get one <laughs> touchdown to Brian Robinson. I don't care what happens to the rest of the game. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's look at how many third and longs they were put in in this game and had to get bailed out. And by the way, the, the I mean, when non, you're, da- when the you're down the way they were down, they the non-pass interference call was a bad was a bad job. The ref, I thought the refs were were very suspect in this game. Uh, I don't think DJ Moore stepped out of bounds on that play. We never saw a replay, so good job by Amazon Prime not showing a replay on that. And then the, te- <laughs> the the pass interference on Terry McLaurin, where they picked up the flag. How many times do you see that? after the refs confer and decide that it's not pass interference, that was more of a pass interference than the pass interference that wasn't called against the commanders in the first half. Yeah, star receivers usually get that call, uh, especially once a flag hits the field. That, that usually doesn't change. So I can understand if they never threw the flag, and then it'd be like, that's exactly what happened in, in the first but, half, right? But listen, a pass interference call or running the ball a couple times, none of it mattered because the Bears dominated this game. The, the Bears were better. The Bears were the better team by far in, in this game, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't think that one or two plays made a difference. I, I think this was a good old-fashioned – the Bears just kind of punked them out. And, uh, I they, don't know, they man. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't think that it was that bad of a punking. I think there was a handful of plays that were embarrassing for the commander's defense. But it's it, – like. If you take away two long DJ Moore catches, what's the score in this game? If Slide kicks that field goal and it's a seven-point game, what do the Bears do on that next possession? But that's what the Bears' offense is. It's ba- it's based on explosiveness. Like there's the Bears aren't going to like 
matriculate the ball down the field. You know, they're not going to pound you in the in the uh, shoulder pads and and grind for three yards of carry. Like they're going to take big shots and they're going to miss most of them. But when they hit them, that's what that, that's what their offense is built around. Like so, saying take away those two long touchdown catch. Like that's that's why they went and got DJ Moore. That's the upside of Justin Fields. Like Justin Fields is not an accurate passer. He's not going to like you know, dink and dunk you down the field, hitting 70% of his passes, he's going to chuck the ball up and try to make big stuff happen. More often than not, it's going to cost him a turnover and people are going to bitch about how sorry Justin Fields is. But when he's on, he's going to hit these explosive plays. And I think it certainly helps having a real playmaker, which is another benefit they got from Carolina foolishly uh, trading up to get Bryce Young. So I I, I just think that this is what the Bears offense is. It's going to be hit or miss. And when it's on, it can look just like it looked last night. Well, and we started it talking. About- it could have been better. He missed like two open. He, he always a will. couple of open throws. There's not one quarterback that's ever thrown 40 times and not missed one or two open throws. It's ridiculous. But Justin Fields, as we started this conversation, is the most important thing about the conversation because everyone was killing the Bears coaching staff for not rolling them out more, not doing designed runs. Well, they didn't. Seven out of his last eight touchdowns over the last two games have been from the pocket. His big two passes. Uh, to start this game were from the pocket they were doing everything they were doing exactly what they said they couldn't do and they just stuck with it and after the first three terrible games he's played like a top 10 quarterback the last two games I mean against suspect defenses I don't think it's gonna pan out him being top 10 but he's definitely the story of the game he played really well like do you do you see actual improvement Mac or is this just like like you said just sort of the a, a luck of the draw on who he's played the last two weeks that's the improvement. I mean he's he's sticking in the pocket and throwing it downfield and connecting more often than not if he misses uh more one or two times and it looks pretty much the same game all the snaps are the same but he hit it one or two more times than expected and that's why they scored 40 points and like you mentioned the the one that dj Moore took down the sideline and they erroneously called him out of bounds like this could have been an even more lopsided game like so i, I just I, think he only he's the only wide receiver that caught a pass in this game that's that's it. not surprising yeah it's the only what does that tell you about what does that tell you about the bears offense last year where they had no DJ Morris. I mean, you need a guy. It, tell, it tells me that the commanders are pathetic defensively, and I don't know how Jack Del Rio has a job because nobody – if, if all all you had to do was defend DJ Moore – They should have thrown it to it. Chase Claypool. Oh, mm. no. I just He's don't open. get it. He's I, I open somewhere. I don't, I don't understand. Equinemius St. Brown, Darnell Mooney, zero catches. But they yeah. tried. They, it's not like they weren't throwing to those guys. That, but that's Justin Fields. He's going to miss these guys a lot. That's just that's the game. But when he hits guys, it's going to be for it's it's going to be for big explosive plays. And it's certainly not like uh, you know, it's not like what Brock Purdy does. It's almost the antithesis of what Brock Purdy does. Brock Purdy's super efficient. The ball almost never hits the ground. But he's not like popping the top off the defense, like you know, looking for chunk plays. He knows his team is good enough that they can gr- like kind of grind you up and down the field. Whereas Justin Fields knows, like, hey, we're limited, man. I, I, if I'm I'm either going to make something happen or I'm not. And more often than not, over the last 14 games, it hasn't worked. This just happened to be a game where everything was clicking for him. Guess yeah, the spread. Pretty, top of top of the league as far as. Time to throw or top five, Justin Fields at the bottom for starters. Yeah. So time to throw. So they're, they're working to their strengths. Yeah. They're working with what they got. Guess the spread because we don't have it right now, but the Bears hosting the Vikings next week. Ooh. Bears are at home. Um, It's going to be Vikings. And let's just, let's give the Vikings a loss to the Chiefs. I'm going to go Vikings minus five. Mac. 
I was privy to the look ahead line, so you, you might you might want to oh. give your guess first. That's yeah. What do you got, Scott? I think Vikings three and a half north of a field goal. It was four and a half. Considering the Vikings lose, I think that it moves a little. Maybe maybe three and a half. Okay. I, I, it, wrong. It, it wouldn't be below a field goal. It would be north of a field goal. Well, you're not exactly wrong, AJ. It was four and a half. If the Vikings yeah. kill it, it will be fine. Okay. So we're right in range. Yeah, and if the Vikings somehow beat the Chiefs, then all of a sudden this thing changes. Uh, I, that to me, it'll be very curious to see how they follow this up. You know, we gave out the trend yesterday that RJ brought to our attention, and it 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 wins again. And that is, if you play on overtime. And then you play on Thursday night and your opponent did not play on overtime. It was 22 and three ATS going into last night. Make that now 23 and three. 23 I'll and be three honest. ATS. There's a lot of the times where where you and RJ come up with these, you know, these trends that I, I feel like are, are totally nonsensical. That one makes sense. Like there's not a bunch of like uh, add-ons that I feel like are, are outrageous. It's just like you've got a short week already. You had to play extra football. And and on top of that, I think you have to consider what the commander, like who the commanders played last week and the fact that they they were at the brink of winning that game. And that could have been like a season-defining win for them, and they lost. I, like anytime you're a bad team and you've got a chance to knock off a good team, especially when you get to overtime, I feel like there's going to be a letdown the next game, which kind of gives me some concern this week about the Jets, who were in the same position. Almost mm-hmm. beat one of the best teams in the league last week. Uh, now they're, they're you know, they're, they're going on the road and it's they're playing a crappy team. Like, oh, Jets should win here. I mean, they're not favored, but there's a lot of people who have high hopes for the Jets here. That worries me, like, because the Jets were clearly all out to win that game last week. You could tell it was a real emotional game for them. Aaron Rodgers showing up, talking to the team. And then there's a letdown when stuff like that happens. And that that's that's part of the reason why I, I lean to the Broncos this week. Ten days off of the Commanders now as well before they go to Atlanta to take on the Falcons in week six. Does Jack Del Rio have a job by October 15th? I mean, I th- I think like, is it does it make sense for Ron Rivera to fire Jack Del Rio? It's like well, they're both going to be gone at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, you'll both be gone when you're gone. Like you, you might as well ride or die with your boys and, you know, just. Is Ron Rivera's he he's effed either way. This team is not doing what they were going to. I know everybody. There were people who thought they could be a potential playoff team. I don't see it. Like there's some good things about Sam Howell. Like he's had some games where I'm like, oh, he's maybe he's better than I thought. But he's also had some dud games when, particularly when they played against good defenses. And just like we're saying, let's not go crazy about Justin Fields playing against the Commanders. Let's not go crazy about Sam Howell throwing for 400 yards against the Bears in a game where the Bears were up mm-hmm. a million points at halftime. So I, I think this whole regime in Washington is screwed. I, I think the, the new boss is going to want to put his guys in. Uh, I, I expect that happen. I don't know if it'll happen before the season ends, but it's going to happen before next season starts. I would agree. And, and for, this, for this performance to happen when everyone was in the building, Magic Johnson in the yeah. building, Harris was in the building, and, and to perform like this, just absolutely gross. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect. 
is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. All right, let's take a look at the rest of the Week 5 schedule, and we'll start things off early on Sunday morning in London, the Jaguars and the Bills, and this is a spot where Jacksonville does have an advantage staying in London for the week, whereas the Bills make a trip that these players have not made before. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the Jags being there for an extra week is an advantage. I think when you think about the Bills, the, the game that they came off of, which, like we said last week, this was the game of the year so far. Uh, the Bills Dolphins game. It was clearly a game the Bills took very seriously and and you know put, put a thrashing on the Dolphins. There's got to be a letdown after a game like that. My concern is I'd I'd love to back the Jags here, but I I'm not going to because they don't look right. Like they, they there's something wrong with Trevor Lawrence. Like the numbers are okay, but he doesn't feel like the guy who's who's going out and winning you games. The defense looks meh, uh, and like I said, the Bills have just they're on a war path since that Jets game. And if they hadn't lost that Jets game, I don't think the Bills, I, I think the conversation would be like Bills or 49ers, who's the best team in the league. Like right now, I think it's the 49ers and the Bills are a close second. But if the if the Bills hadn't lost that game, I think it's a coin flip between those teams. And I think most people would agree with that. But because they did, they're still like, oh, well, they did lose that one time. They are on a warpath since then. They are just blowing teams out. And the Jags, let, let's face it, we, we still don't know if they're good or not. Like, I, I certainly don't think – remember, this is a team that could have easily missed the playoffs last year, and instead they won the last game of the season, snuck into the playoffs, came back from a million points down, and won a playoff game. And now everybody's like, well, they're the team to beat in the AFC South. I, I don't know that that's deserved. I, I, I'm still not sure that this is a, a really good football team. So I could see the Bills just keeping the pedal to the floor and smashing them. The spot screams Jacksonville, but I, I don't want to get in the way of the Bills train right now. 
Bills are five and a half point favorites. Total is 48 and a half. And I like the over. Uh, we know Buffalo can score. And uh, the Buffalo defense, they're just, they're hurt. You know, Tredavious White is yeah. done. Jordan Poyer is hurt. So the secondary is dealing with turnover. And overs in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, site of Sunday's game, five and one to the over could possibly have to do with the way it's a smaller constructed stadium as opposed to Wembley. Uh, so maybe, you know, the way that the sight lines, the wind, I don't know what it is, but it's five and one to the over games at Tottenham Hotspur stadium. Well, remember they didn't have Poyer last week. Uh, they didn't have Tredavious white for most of the game last week and they were playing a pretty good offense and, and held him in check. I, I don't know if Von Miller's going to be back. Uh, I know they're saying he's like a game-time decision. My best guess is he won't be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, that, that Bills defense is strong, man, and they, they have, they, they've got depth. This is, it's, a, it's a really good defense, a well-constructed defense. So I, 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 if I had to play one, I'd play the over with you. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just don't know if Jacksonville's going to put anything up here because I, I don't know how good Trevor Lawrence is right now. The Dolphins host the Giants uh, coming off that loss to the Bills. And, McKenzie, there's been some line movement on this game, right? I, I guess people are buying in on the Dolphins after the loss. Yeah, it makes me think we might need to know something about Andrew Thomas because, yeah, it's gone from 9.5 before the game to 10 right after the game to now 12 and a half in some spots. Yeah, Andrew Andrew Thomas is not playing. I've I've heard that he's confirmed. he's already ruled he's confirmed out. So, listen, this this spoils down to is do and Scott, you probably know better than us. Is Saquon Barkley playing? Because again, I'm not taking the Giants seriously until Saquon Barkley's back in this lineup. I mm-hmm. I think they are not a serious football team without him. There's no word if he's going to play or not. They're encouraged by his progress, but he's not saying whether or not he's going to officially play. Uh, does it matter? Uh, I mean, the, the Giants are not a good football team. Daniel Jones got sacked 10 times last week, and they're in a desperate spot. They'll have some of the crowd in Miami, but the Dolphins coming off of a loss with something to prove. We know how mm-hmm. good Tua is at home as opposed to on the road. Uh, Tua at home is 13-5 and five against the spread as opposed to 9-10-1 on the road. So I think this is a terrible spot for the Giants. Well, and I think something else to think about is like the defense that the Giants have. When you think about who their DC is, they're going to want to blitz. And Tua gets rid of the ball quicker than anybody. You cannot blitz Tua. And and Mm -hmm. part of my handicap on the Bills last week was the Bills get pressure with four guys. And they gave Tua the, the worst. Like he's, he hasn't looked that bad in a long time. Tua hasn't mm-hmm. because they were, they were, everybody was covered and the quick reads were covered. And he was like, oh shit, what do I do? The, the, the Giants are going to blitz and blitzing Tua is just death. Like you, you can't do it in, with this offense. And he finds that open guy. I, I think the Dolphins c- can name their number here. It's a, it's a hell of a number uh, to have to lay with a team that I still think is, is pretty bad defensively. Um, but it's the only way I would look right now. Speaking of quarterbacks that thrive at home, the Lions, 10-point favorites over the Panthers. And let me give you guys a little trivia question here. Do you know who the most profitable quarterback against the spread is since last year started? Ooh. Any um, guesses? I... I, Jared Goff. I, I, Brock Purdy. McKenzie, you're right. It's Jared Goff. All right. Uh, let's look. Next question. How about the most profitable quarterback since 2021? Who's that? Uh, I'm going to guess Jared Goff this time. Yes, it's Jared Goff. Uh, oh, I how, knew it. How about since 2020? Jared Goff? Jared Goff. 
since 2019 Jared Goff, since 2018 Jared Goff, since 2017 started. Every, you can go back any single year you want and pick your starting point. Jared Goff is the most profitable ATS quarterback in the NFL. And his passer rating last year was 14 points higher at home than it was on the road. Uh, I think the Lions are on a mission this year. This defense against an offensive line in Carolina that is 32nd in pass block win rate. That is, oh, Aiden Hutchinson's going to have himself a day. Yeah, yeah. This is it. Goes back to if the what the Panthers are playing for doesn't seem to be this season because if they wanted to win games right now, we we've seen four games. And one of them, they had a good offensive output. That's the one game that Andy Dalton played. If they mm-hmm. were interested in winning games this season, Andy Dalton would be playing quarterback. They're more interested in setting themselves up for the long term, which, listen, it makes sense. I don't think Andy Dalton's getting you to the playoffs. So they're, they're saying, hey, Bryce Young, you're going to learn on the job. You're going to take some lumps, and hopefully you come out of the fire a little bit better. I don't know if that's going to work or not. But Bryce Young right now is not a he's not a viable starting NFL quarterback. He's just not. The Steelers host the Ravens, Baltimore, a four and a half point favorite in this game. And this was one of my picks on the dream pod because it's all about the underdog in this rivalry. The dog has covered 11 straight games when the Ravens play against the Steelers. I get the home dog north of a field goal. Thank you. Yeah, I I didn't uh, sit in on the dream pod this week. Um, but I, but it was my favorite play that I sent in. It was my five weight that I sent in to you guys. I, I love Pittsburgh here. It's the, the classic Tomlin, get your guys up. Everybody's doubting us. We just lost to a shitty team in the Texans. Nobody thinks we're good. Uh, we're playing our rivals. They're four and a half point favorites in our building. These are the games that Tomlin typically doesn't only cover. He wins. Uh, and a- almost every Ravens Steelers game is a field goal game. Yeah. So you're telling me I get the home team and I get more than a field goal? I think it's just ludicrous. And listen, there's a lot not to like about this Steelers team. You look at this offense, it's it's hard to back them. And my best bet on the college pod was Iowa, and it makes me sick to my stomach to say Iowa. I, I'm go- riding with them. It's gross. Saying I'm riding with Kenny Pickett feels gross. I really wish that, that Mitch Trubisky was starting this game, but – uh, it looks like Kenny Pickett's going to play, and I, I'm just going to have to hope that the, the defense steps up and Kenny Pickett doesn't blow it. But four and a half is just too many at home uh, in this rivalry. In the regular season. Oh, Are you, wow. You're against me, Mac? pushing the button. Oh, my oh, goodness. Oh, man. Yeah. And I didn't sit in on the dream preview either, but I saw this sheet, and it looked a lot like Cleveland last week. Everyone just doubting the Ravens. They are number one by pregame EPA minus luck. They're number five in scoring margin Pittsburgh. As good as they've been on those, I mean, as good as they've been on the record, they're two and two. They're like one of the worst teams in the league. They're combined metric fourth worst, like Broncos, Giants is the neighborhood of how the Steelers have been. They won two games, so people are fooled, but they are one of the worst teams in the league, in my opinion. I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I, I just but think I, that this, I, this home just, spot. It's, it's the rivalry. It's the rivalry. That's it. It's just the rivalry. Over the last 20 years, when the line is north of a field goal, the underdog in Raven Steelers is. 21 3 and 3. Actually, that goes back till 2005. So 21 3 and 3 ATS for the dog in the regular season when the line is north of a field goal. This for me is just kind of like how when the Rams played the Seahawks week one, it was blindly. Well, I, I know which side I'm on. Like, <laughs> it, it, that's what this is. Like, I see, oh, somebody that you look for the plus and is the number bigger than three. And this time it happened to be bigger than three on the home side. I, I have to go with it. 
gonna be I a fun game agree for sure with that concept i think the dam breaks here i think the close rivalry mm. doesn't look so close this weekend you might be the right Texans. The Texans are at the Falcons and Atlanta, a point and a half favored. Uh, Houston was my best bet on the Dream Pod at plus two. So seeing a little half point doesn't matter. Um, I Push think the Houston... button for me, Mac. Oh, wow. You're going to go against Houston. You just don't like yeah, Houston. I'm going to go AJ. against Houston. No, I actually don't like do Houston. like Houston. I think what they've done this season has been promising. But I also think this Atlanta Falcons team, we were talking about them as a playoff team. and Only because their schedule is four... so easy. What like look at the Texans' schedule? The te- I mean, they're both two and two. They both play in the same crummy divisions. I think the Texans' win totals up to seven now, and I think the Falcons is still at nine. Like the fa- this this number says the Texans might even be a better team than the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I think that's absurd. Um, I, I get it. The CJ Stroud is is you know a cause for optimism. I like what I've seen out of him too. This defensively, they're going to be tested against this team that is going to run the ball very effectively. And All right. Mackenzie, can you do me a favor and uh, let me know where Desmond Ritter ranks in our composite quarterback ranking? He's dreadful. Right He's dreadful. But I don't care about that. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, he is awful. I mean, you you just agreed that Kenny Pickett can win a game this week. And now you're saying, oh, let's look at the composite rankings. Listen, de- the, this team is not going to win games because of Desmond Ritter. But Desmond Ritter's never lost a home game. He plays better in, in this <laughs> dome. Um, I, I see optimism for the Texans. I think it's out of control right now. Someone on my Twitter timeline said, can you name, like he named six or seven teams. And he was like, can you name any other teams that are definitively better than the Texans? And the te- the list left off like the Lions were left off the list. Uh, the Chargers were left off the list. It's like, you think they're the eighth best team in the league? Like we've got to pump the brakes here. They went two and two, and in in one of like you, I know in in their two losses they they statistically won those games. In one of their wins, they statistically lost the game against Jacksonville. So I, I think the Texans' love is just it's getting out of control. I think they're a team with an up arrow, but now we're saying they're on the same level as these teams that we were talking about as playoff teams. I, I just can't get there. Terrible spot for the Falcons playing in London last week and returning home with no bye week. It's happened nine times prior and seven out of those nine times, the opponents have gone over their team total Texans over 20 and a half points is my best bet of the week by far. Give me three touchdowns from CJ Stroud. Sure. One for Nico Collins, one for Tank Dell, one for Damian Pierce. I'm okay with that. Mac, Uh, you going to break the tie on this one? It's, it's really tough. I want to say the Texans, but the line is telling me the Texans are a better team, and I just, I'm, I'm really split down the middle. I'm not, I'm not going to split the tie. Sorry, AJ. You All have right. the line value. I'll give you that much, but just feel wise. I kind of like the Texans here. Fair Let, enough. Let's, let's move on. The Titans are at the Colts. Tennessee laying two and a half on the road. And AJ, you, you love Indy in this spot. I, I do. I like the Colts here. And again, I'm not sure. I, I think these two teams are are close to even. And. Now we're saying, like, at Indy, Tennessee is two and a half points. They're laying two and a half points on the road. I'm not sure I get that. Um, and part of why I like Indy is the, the defense, the defensive front for Indy has been really good. They've been great at getting after the quarterback. They're, they're second in the league in, in pressure rate. And we've seen when, when Tennessee gets pressured, they crumble. And mm-hmm. it, both games that they, they, you've been able to get after their quarterback, they've gotten sacked a bunch and they've gotten their asses kicked. This feels like a game where Tennessee's or uh, Indianapolis's defense can make something happen. 
Uh, I, I, I like I'm, I'm seeing some improvement out of Anthony Richardson. And I think the return of Jonathan Taylor, I, I expect him to play. Uh, I think it's going to give a boost to this team. And yeah, I, I don't I, I like the home dog here. This is this feels like a, a number that should be if you're saying if you're generous, I think this should be a pick. So plus two and a half. This is this is wild to me. The Saints are at the Patriots, and New Orleans is laying one point on the road. Uh, how the mighty have fallen in New England. Um, I understand they traded for J.C. Jackson, and hopefully that's a boost to their secondary because losing Judon and losing Gonzalez is a big blow to this defense, and that's really the only thing that the Patriots have going for them is their defense because Mac Jones is terrible. Well, yeah, unfortunately, so is Derek Carr. Like this is a this was the hardest game for me to look at all week because these two teams kind of mirror each other. It feels like they're you know they're they're teams who want to get by on their defense, but their defense is not performing quite how you'd hoped. Uh, their quarterbacks have been well below what expectations were. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm not in I, these. They, they kind of mirror each other to me. I, I I went into the season liking the Saints more. Derek Carr's just looked so bad. I guess with at least the Patriots, I knew going into the season that Mac Jones was going to be bad. Derek Carr's been way worse than I expected. I, I, I guess gun to my head, I'd lean the Saints, but I, I don't feel good about it at all. I, I The only reason I lean the Saints is because knowing that defense is banged up and I don't think J.C. Jackson's going to come in and make an instant impact. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the value of Bill Belichick of having that shutdown corner that he'd found in Christian Gonzalez is so big. And now taking that away and somebody's got to cover Chris Olave and then somebody might have to cover Michael Thomas. It just, that's the way I'd lean, but boy, these teams feel like they're the same team to me. Saints are the only team in the league to have all four of their games go under. In fact, they've played 10 straight unders. 13 of the last 14 games have gone under and the total is at 39 for this game. So I, I would lean under. Uh, let's go to the Eagles at the Rams, and we've had some money coming on the Rams here as the Eagles are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, uh, I I made a mistake because I thought early in the week that if I, I bet the Eagles at minus four and I said I'll be able to come back and, and throw a little on the other side because I bet this goes to like six-and-a-half or seven, and I was wrong. Like, there's been a lot of love for the Rams here. I I guess I, I I don't know that I get it. Um, I, I certainly didn't see it coming, but it feels like a lot of really sharp people, a lot of really sharp money is on the Rams this week. I or I, I'm not part of it, so I feel a little uh, a little left out of this thing. I, I'm I'm still not sold that we haven't seen like we we haven't seen the best of the Eagles. Like I think there's some more coming at some point. Uh, but the Rams are also better than I thought they were going to be. Like Matt Stafford looks like old Matt Stafford. And if that's the case, as long as he's healthy, this Rams team is going to be pretty undervalued probably. Cooper Cup is back. Does that affect Puka Nakua now? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it does. But, I mean, it, it, Stafford's going to go to who, who he's comfortable with. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think it, he'll just it just gives him one more added dimension. They're going to spread it. McVay's smart, man. You give that guy more weapons, he's like he's like Kyle Shanahan. Like the more guys you've got out there who you can move around the field, the more chess pieces you've got on the board, the more dangerous you are. So I, I trust Sean McVay will, will get the best out of both those guys. But um, yeah, I, I I feel I don't know. I feel like a I feel like a square on this one for for jumping on the Eagles early in the week. I I, I probably have a little bet regret about that one. Bengals are at the Cardinals. Cincinnati laying three on the road against the feisty Cardinals. 
you know, early in the week, I said, uh, what, what was the number early, Mac? Five, five and a half? And I was like, oh, yeah, they're so going to make I. me. I said, they're going to make me bet on the freaking Cardinals, aren't they? <laughs> and <laughs> I like, I didn't want to, but I was like, I'm going to have to. But then the number quickly started getting bet down. It was like four and a half, four, three. Once it got to three and a half, I was like, well, I don't have to do it now. I'm good. Now it's at three. I'm certainly not going to do it. But I'm definitely not playing the Bengals either. I I still believe this Joe Burrow is not Joe Burrow. This is it's like some Scooby Doo and Shaggy are going to come in and pull the mask off this guy, and it's going to be like uh I, I don't know it's going to be Jake Locker or someone like that. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's it's not Joe Burrow. I can tell you that. And uh this this Bengals team maybe more God it maybe more than any team in the league. The drop off when he's not right is just incredible. He makes this team viable like they're a bad team when he's not out there or he's out there limited uh so again until i see a healthy joe burrow they're not getting any of my money even they're 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 trying to tempt me hard here with this three Uh, like is there any chance mckenzie like you see how the lines are kind of moving is there any chance we see two and a half by the weekend i don't think so it seems like there was quite good support at three for the Bengals. And I also think if it gets to two and a half, then people are going to tease it. And and then, mm-hmm. you know, it, the books will be like, oh, shit, what are we doing? Uh, but, yeah, this is uh, – it's a stay away for me. But, if uh, again, gun to my head, it, it would probably be Arizona. Chiefs are at the Vikings, Kansas City laying three and a half. And we have Kirk Cousins outside the window. Yeah, and this is another game where I kind of expected money to go the other way. And the wise guys who have, you know, done nothing but shit on Minnesota for the last two years, all of a sudden they're like, yep, this is the spot here. It's confusing to me, but the one part of it that does make sense is these are two teams who play three-point games all the time. Uh, The Chiefs could be favored by 20. They'll probably win by three. Uh, The Vikings could be dogs by 20 or, or favored by 10, and they'll probably win or lose by three. That's just what these two teams do. They play three-point games. So I guess getting outside of three makes sense. Uh, I, I feel like the Chiefs are a little undervalued here because if the if the Chiefs run in that score at the end of last week's game, they cover, and you know then people are maybe talking about them a little bit differently. They don't, and now people are like, oh well, the Chiefs didn't fail to cover another number. They played smart football, and I guess that could happen again. But Chiefs on a fast track, I don't want to fade them. There's been eleven times where Patrick Mahomes has failed to throw for 200 yards in a game. Those 11 games after, the Chiefs are 10 and 1 straight up, 9 and 2 against the spread. So I like the over in this game. Mahomes on a mission. I think there's a lot of points scored in this game. I can get behind that. Total is 52 and a half. The yep. Jets are at the Broncos, Denver laying 2 and a half, total of 43 and a half, and this is the matchup that we've all been waiting for. Nathaniel Hackett and Sean Payton on the dream pod. RJ and Fez came up with a bet. They like the Jets in the fourth quarter. Uh, McKenzie, does that make sense to you? Jets in the fourth quarter, because the mentality is if they're trailing, you know, they're going to be throwing their, they're, you know, like to score. Denver's defense is terrible. And if they're winning that Nathaniel Hackett, there's not going to be a slide down at the one yard line for Zach Wilson. He's going to want them to punch it into the end zone. I guess that makes sense. I, I, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I would so, think that the better quarterback is the team you want to back in the second half. Russell Wilson's been a pretty good ATS quarterback in the second half in his career. And I would also think at at elevation, I want to back the team that's used to playing at elevation in the second half. Um, mm-hmm. That that's that that would be a concern for me too. Um, I, I'm I, I think there's a lot of positivity 
surrounding the Jets right now because they looked kind of good last week. And I don't believe it. I, I like I don't believe that suddenly because Zach Wilson made a couple uh, back shoulder throws that he's he's no longer like the shittiest quarterback in the league. I, I still think he's terrible. Um, again, I bad quarterbacks can have success against bad defenses. We saw it last night in the Bears game. But I, I think that uh, he, at some point he's going to cost them the game. Well, I guess last week he he cost them the game at some point, too. But I, I just I don't I don't believe in this this upgrade on the Jets. So uh, this is uh this is Broncos or pass for me. The Broncos have the worst defense ever tracked by DVOA through the first four games of a season. You, do you think they're the so, worst team in the defense in the league? I will take the, the field over the Broncos <laughs> being the worst defense in the league. For sure. I'm just saying that the, since, since 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 DVOA has been tracked. In the yeah. history of the stats, the Broncos they gave are up the most last. points since 1966. So they're yeah. going to be on the top of a lot of those lists. I promise you, the Jets will not put up 70 points. I know no, that. No, no. I, I'm locking in right now. <laughs> Best bet: uh, Jets under 70 and a half points. Total right, minus well, 200 at DraftKings. I, I I will lock in Jets over 20 and a half though as my okay. best bet. Because over over sixty nine and a half or no, no, over twenty and a half <laughs> over twenty and a half. Yes, okay. I think that they can get three touchdowns against this Broncos defense, and I do think Nathaniel Hackett has something to prove because of the comments made by Sean Payton in the preseason. So I think he'll be a little more aggressive in his play calling. And even if the Jets are trailing, if the, the Jets could lose this game twenty eight twenty one, Jets could lose this game thirty eight to twenty one. I just think getting three touchdowns is not that difficult against this Broncos defense. You know what? What you just said reminds me of Nathaniel Hackett. He's gonna he's gonna be on a mission. Like that's like if Tyson Fury called me a pussy, and I was like, "What?" Max motivated. I'm I'm really pumped to beat his ass. I'm gonna go in there and do it. But then it turns out, like compared to him, I actually am a pussy. Did you so just like, compare Sean- the Denver Broncos to the heavyweight champ of the world? I'm just saying, no, Sean he- Payton compared to Nathaniel Hackett is kind of like. <laughs> If Nathaniel Hackett, like if I, I, I tend to take Sean let's, Payton's let's side listen, on listen, this. Listen, listen, it's more like Sean Payton's Tommy Fury and Nathaniel Hackett's like a Jake Paul or Logan Paul. <laughs> that's that's don't, don't sit Tyson. Sean Payton's got championships, bro. Okay. He's got championships. That's, let's say that's a great example. I don't think it's too far off with their with the current state of everything. If you found out that Logan Paul was max motivated versus Tommy Fury, do you bet that game differently? Assuming we bet there's Fury. No going on. We bet. We bet Fury, and we won. That's what I'm saying. Well, if, if Logan Paul was max motivated because Tommy Fury had spit on Logan Paul's dog, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't be enough motivation to get over the fact that he's not good at what he's trying to do. It's a it's a fair point. All right. Well, at least we don't have to watch it on a Thursday night. Uh, Are you betting <laughs> Jets? I kind of like the Broncos personally. No, no, I'm, you're, I'm just you're asking. I'm, no, I'm, I'm betting, asking Scott. I'm just betting Jets team over total over twenty and a half. Okay. Just get me, just get me three touchdowns. That's it, and kick the extra point every time, please. Uh, well, I'm not going to push the button on that because I think the Broncos' de- defense is bad, uh, but I, I think the Broncos are going to put up some points too. Sure, I win the game 42-21. Who cares? Just give me three touchdowns from the Jets. All right, that's all we need. Uh, let's talk about Sunday night football: the Cowboys at the 49ers. 49ers minus three and a half. McKenzie, there's been no movement on this number, right? We have held Pat at three and a half. Every morning I wake up, I check the Westgate, and when it's four, I'm happy. And when it's three and a half, I'm like, oh, I'm worried. So, yeah, it's been right there. It's been right there the whole time. Yeah, it's, it's gone back and forth between three and a half and four. I, I, I think this game is – first of all, I think the number's right. Um, 
I think the Niners are, are the better team and they're at home. So this, it feels like a fair number, but at some point, the Niners, they're not going to go 17 and 0. Why not? Well, I mean, they're just not okay. They're better teams than the 49ers haven't gone 17 and 0. the better, better versions of the 49ers in recent years didn't go 17. and 0. it just doesn't happen in the NFL. There's going to be a spot where someone jumps up and get them. I don't, I don't know if it's Dallas though. Like I, I haven't seen San Francisco play a bad game yet. I've seen Dallas play bad games. I, I like I saw a dud against a bad team in Arizona. I, I think Dallas is going to be max motivated, but I also think the 49ers are looking at this. Like they, they know what this game is. This isn't just another game. This is Sunday night football. This is a big game. This is a game where people are saying, Oh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe this team could be the one to get them. I, I lean to the 49ers here. Uh, it, it's a, it, it's probably going to be a, a sit back and watch game for me. Um, but I, I still believe the 49ers are the best team in the NFL right now. And the best team at the NFL at, at home, I, 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 I would only lay it. There's some crazy stat. We know that they've covered nine straight games at home, but it goes even beyond that. There's like a crazy cover streak where like uh, they, they've only failed to cover twice in like the past two seasons. And one of those non covers was the Sean McVay kicking the field goal at the end in week two or else the cover streak would have stayed alive. I just think I think this this team is a machine right now. And who have the Cowboys played? Like, we're judging the Cowboys of their record, and they beat the Jets and the Giants and the Patriots. Like, and they lost to the Cardinals, who the 49ers had a cakewalk with. I understand they they were scrappy at the end, but I I haven't seen the 49ers been tested, and I don't think that Dak Prescott and this offense is going to test them as much as people think. Mackenzie, where where are you on this game as far as the spread is concerned? Because I, I imagine you believe the 49ers will win. Do you think they cover north of a field goal? I do, and here's where I'm at with this game. The playoff game, the divisional round game at Levi Stadium in San Francisco was 49ers minus three and a half versus the Cowboys. You can argue, you can tell me that the Cowboys are much improved since then. I think what the 49ers have done in solidifying Brock Purdy as their guy and dominating every team in their path, I think you've got to upgrade. I mean, you look at physics power ratings, they've upgraded two and a half points. I think you've got to upgrade the 49ers more so than the Cowboys so far. So therefore, line value should be four or four and a half. And there's a, and I think Brock Purdy is going to show some people some things in this game. Steven Ruiz of The Ringer, I love this. He's not long for this industry, I think, maybe, because he said, if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, he will no longer cover the sport. So that's, that's wow. great motivation oh, to wow. be the best team and to be disrespected like that. The Super Bowl favorite can't win it, Steven Ruiz, really? I just think, like, like let's, 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 play, let's play the, um, let's, let's play the uh, reverse the spread strategy, okay? So are you telling me that this game would be a pick if they were playing in Dallas? Because think about it. It's a three-and-a-half-point spread. It's a three-and-a-half-point spread. And so if we take one-and-a-half away from home for, for the 49ers, we give the Cowboys one-and-a-half, maybe two, whatever. Are you telling me this is a pick game? In what world are the Cowboys and 49ers a pick I like the matchup as well. Aaron Schatz had this formerly of, D, of Football Outsiders, now of FTN, the DVOA guy. Currently, the Cowboys are number one defense DVOA protecting the left side of the field and the right side of the field beyond the numbers in the middle where the 49ers historically and this year have dominated throwing the ball they're number 27 I feel like we get this one I think this is a statement this is going to be a big win for the 49ers a big win 
I, I think one of the one of the things that McKenzie said earlier when we were talking about the the differences between guys who hold the ball a long time and, and guys who who get rid of it quickly, like Brock Purdy gets rid of the ball so quickly. Does that does that take Micah Part the Mar- Micah Parsons factor out? Maybe like yeah. if he beats if you beat Micah Parsons, you beat this Cowboys defense, in my opinion. And if, if Brock Purdy's able to work and and get things done before Micah Parsons can get to him, they they'll, they'll chew this Cowboys defense up. So you know, Mackenzie, that's an interesting stat you gave about the middle of the field. Does it make you want to bet maybe some George Kittle props? That's a good call. That's a good call. I mean, last I mean T- Debo Samuel first of all has a rib injury. He had zero targets versus the Cardinals. He's reportedly not 100%. And that leaves one outside weapon, Brandon Ayuk, who's targeted four or five times a game. But, yeah, that leaves a lot of passes open for McCaffrey and, and Kittle, like you mentioned up the middle. Yeah, maybe we look at some Kittle props uh, for this game. Maybe a little same-game parlay with George Kittle involved. All right, we'll take a look at the Monday Night Football game on Monday morning. So that'll do it for Week 5 Sunday in the NFL. All right, a couple games in college football last night. We told you there's football every night. It's not always going to be pretty. But both games ended up being competitive. Uh, comes up just short. Had a fourth down and goal in the final seconds against Liberty. Down five. They go for it. It's incomplete. Sam Houston falls to 0-5. They uh, they lose 21-16. to Liberty now 5-0. Sam Houston now 0-5. But that's a cover. You cover the 19 and a half. Uh, when you only lose by five. Louisiana Tech was catching six. They didn't get there. Despite a dominant second half from Louisiana Tech, they let things get away from them early. Western Kentucky, 35-28 winners on the road. Louisiana Tech tried to come all the way back. They come up just short as well. Uh, So Western Kentucky moves to four and two. Louisiana Tech falling to three and four. Two games tonight. And they are Power 5 games. Kansas State on the road at Oklahoma State. Kansas State, what are they laying on the DraftKings Sportsbook, Scott? 11 points on the road. That's a huge number for a Friday night on This campus. was seven and a half open. There's no respect right now for Oklahoma State. No one is wanting to back this team. And Kansas State... I talked about at the beginning of the season, this was like, I, I picked Texas to win the Big 12. Kansas State was my dark horse to win it. Uh, I, it's been, a, I, I don't know, I guess losing to Mizzou on a 61-yard field goal is is all they've they've really lost so far. But I expected this team to be 4-0 here. They're not, so maybe they've been a little disappointing. But Oklahoma State, like, you know, losing to South Alabama by 26 points, uh, it, it's barely beating Central Arkansas. It, it's mm-hmm. not been pretty for them. So uh, it's hard for me to back Gundy's boys here, but the number, like you said, is getting out of control. What do you think about the total? 53 and a half. Again, Kansas State has been, they've been solid on offense. So you that, that game, and questionable on defense. Like you back to the UCF game last week where they give up 30-something points to Central Florida with a banged-up quarterback. Uh, that total ended up being 75, I believe. So uh, I'd, I'd lean to the over here, but n- now it's like, well, is Oklahoma State going to give us anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a tricky game because Oklahoma State doesn't look like themselves. Yeah, I would agree with that. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, corn it's corn uh, is plus three and a half at Illinois. My best bet's going to be on the corn boys. Wow. Uh, okay. I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think very highly of this Illinois team at all. 
Uh, and I, I could see, I could actually see Nebraska uh, winning this thing outright here. I, I, I think they're going to have some success running the football. Uh, I, I think Illinois is an absolute joke. Uh, and I mm-hmm. think this, this, this coaching matchup is laughable. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with and – and I think Nebraska's like Nebraska's so good stopping the run. They're not good at a lot on defense, but they're good at stopping the run. And I, I think they do that here against this Illinois team. Uh, Illinois last year, their defense was so good, they're dreadful this year. So, And they haven't been able to stop the run. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the boys from Corn here. I can see that Nebraska playing with revenge. They lost last year at home to Illinois. Uh, this is a different Illinois team. I'm not a fan of Altmaier. I'm not a fan of either of these quarterbacks, if we're being honest. But I'm not uh, I, I think this is a game that could come down to a final possession. So I, I guess taking north of a field goal is probably the way to go. And also think about this. When you say I'm not a fan of either of these quarterbacks, don't you want to trust a team you know can run the football? Yes, and the team that can stop the run in Nebraska. Yep. So that, that's where I'm looking for this one. I'm going to go with the boys from Corn plus three and a half. All right, let's take a look at some of the big games. If you want to hear our take on all the games in the top 25, as well as a couple more, a couple best bets, uh, check out RJ Bell's Dream Preview feed. You can find our college football uh, podcast on that feed every week, but this week as well. Let's take a look at OU Texas. This is the game that I'm waking up early for, Scott. Uh, what, what's DraftKings got this number at now? five texas five point favorites total of 60 and a half this is another game where i thought i was real sharp i got up early and i said i'm i'm betting texas when the number comes out and it's gonna go up 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 and i got it at five and i was like yes got it and then it went to six and a half five and a half and then it went to five then it went to four and a half then it went to six and a half now it's back at five, and I've got no closing line value. And I think that the reason why there's no market consensus on this game is that's what this this rivalry is. Like, there's a lot of times where Texas is a much better team, and they lay an egg against Oklahoma. There's a lot of time where Oklahoma looks like they're headed to a national championship, and Texas trips them up. This is a crazy game, uh, but I and I, I know forty nine nothing last year doesn't say anything. Dylan Gabriel didn't play, but I can tell you, Dylan Gabriel is not forty nine points worth of of player. And this Texas team is better than they were a year ago. I know you and I are on opposite side, sides mm-hmm. of this, but I, I like Texas here. I think they are about a half point behind Georgia right now from being the best team in the country. Uh, they, they've got – I think their aspirations have changed from winning a Big 12 title to winning a national title. Uh, I, I think they are playing motivated ball right now. I, I, they've played the tougher schedule. Uh, they've got a quarterback who's played in this game before and had success. I, I got to ride with the favorites here. I like, why OU's got it. Because uh, defensively with Venables this year, now that he has his players and it's been a year for him to groom this system, uh, they're, they look a lot different than they did a year ago. They're incredible on third downs. They are eighth in the country in tackles for loss. And I think that they can cause havoc. And that's going to be the difference in this game. A turnover here or a sack there is going to be a, a huge momentum boost for this offense. And Dylan Gabriel getting the football out of his hands quickly. He's completed over 75% of his passes this year, 15 touchdowns. 
touchdowns, two interceptions. And on the College World podcast, you mentioned it. He's running the football well. I mean, Oklahoma's creating lanes. And, you know, when they can run, uh, you know, in, in that like zone blocking scheme, instead of getting to the outside, they're letting the running back choose his lane in the middle. They're opening paths for the run game. Dylan Gabriel in, in the RPO game is becoming extremely effective. And analytically, Oklahoma ranks higher than Texas. I understand what Texas has done, and maybe that's a victim of the schedule. I get that. But this is the uh, you know sixth best offense on third downs in the country. And I just like the way that they're playing football. I think, it, again, this to me, this rivalry game comes down to the final possession. If you told me Texas was a five-point dog, I would, I, I would bet Texas. But you're giving me any any type of points I'm taking in this game because I think it's a coin flip as to who who's going to win. And so I'll gladly accept as many points as you're going to give me. All right. So a little disagreement on the Red River. I'm going to call it the Red River shootout because I'm not beholden to the rules. I like uh, LS, LSU versus Missouri. What does uh, DraftKings say about this one? Four point line. LSU laying oh. four on the road. So here's, here's the situation. We have the higher-ranked team at home as a four-point dog. Yeah, um, I, I like Missouri in this game. I, I think that LSU's defense is so bad. Yes. And this was six the other day when we did our college football pod. It's down to four now. I just can't trust this team. And Missouri's been moving the ball well. They've been putting up points. Um, and LSU has as well. What's, what's DraftKings got the total at? That's probably going to end up being my favorite play here. 64 and a half. Yeah, give me over 64 and a half. LSU, one of the only teams in the country, uh, is 5-0 and to the over, uh, and it's by like double-digit margin. They, they are blowing these totals out because their defense that was expected to be good is just not good. So uh, this is a shootout game, but you're giving me more than a field goal with Missouri. Uh, I'm going to take it. Uh, I, 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 again, I like the total more, but I would, I would play Missouri and the over. Here's a trend line here uh, in teams featuring two ranked opponents. The home teams are 59.4% ATS since 2017. And, but when that home team is actually ranked higher than the opponent, those home teams that are ranked higher are 64.4% ATS since 2017. So the trends are in favor of Missouri. Well, and the other thing is Luther Burden is turning into one of the best receivers in the country. LSU doesn't have an answer for him. We saw that against Florida State and their receivers. There was no answer. Uh, this could be very similar. So I, I think I think Missouri is going to have a, a good time moving the football. And um, I, LSU is always going to move the football. I, I really think that the LSU is kind of wasting a Heisman-type season sure. for Jane Daniels because their defense is just no good. But uh, they're, they're going to score. Both these teams are going to score up and down the field. Let's move on to this next one. Alabama at A&M. You know, the last time that Alabama played at Kyle Field, AJ, a couple of years ago, they lost. They won. Oh, yeah. Alabama lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alabama lost. Yep. And this is a much better version of Texas A&M right now. But you tell me what 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 they've got on DraftKings. I know this number's been moving. Alabama minus one. This was two and a half a couple days. Like, Scott. I get they're better. Uh, A&M's better now, and I get that Alabama hasn't looked like a national championship team. This feels like it's getting out of hand here, right? Like the 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 hate for Alabama or the 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 I, I don't know if it's it's hate, but it's certainly the confidence that they're not good. Um, I, I think it got out of control after that South Florida game, but the offense have just gotten so so much better since then, and it turns out like 
Jalen Milrow's pretty good. Like the yep. difference between Jalen Milrow and those other guys is is pretty big. The O line's improved. Um, I don't know. I, I do think a and better at quarterback with Max Johnson, but he's never played it against a team like Alabama. This game is going to really test J- Milrow as a passer because I, I think a and is going to take away the run. They're going to force Milrow to beat them through the air. I don't know if they can do it, but again, I think this is a coin flip game and I, I'm going to, I'm going to lean to Bama here because these are the kinds of games they usually find a way to win. So Max Johnson played against Alabama a couple of years ago when he was at um, LSU. Uh, He was 16 of 32 passing, 160 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and eight carries for minus 15 yards. He was sacked a bunch in that game. Uh, I understand he's a different quarterback now. He's in a different system. Different offense. But everything you say about Milrow is right. I mean, this Alabama offense is finally clicking, and this is a team that's still playing with a mission because Alabama is in control of their own path, you know, just keep winning, win the SEC West and beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. And you're going to the college football playoff. And Alabama is very capable of doing that. You never, ever get Alabama at a discount. And we're getting Alabama at a discount here. I agree. I agree. I'm not buying into the 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 hype or whatever, or I'm not following the money here. I'm just betting the better football team. And that's Alabama. All right, let's finally look at Notre Dame and Louisville. What's the number at at DraftKings Sportsbook? So Notre Dame coming off the uh, miraculous cover, if you will, uh, in that game uh, last week against a banged up now Duke team. Notre Dame having to go to Louisville. They are laying six. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I can trust Louisville, um, but I, here's what I will say. It, it, it feels like the system is in place. I, w- I just wonder if Jack Plummer's any good. Like it feels like he's he's not. He knows the system. He knows what they want. What Brom wants to do, but I, I'm not sure if he's any good. That said, Sam Hartman, who the first couple weeks of the season looked like he was going to win the Heisman, the last two weeks he's looked like anything but. Um, and I get it. You played against two really good defenses. Louisville's not a really good defense. The question is, can can Louisville keep up with Notre Dame scoring here? Um, I generally think they do. But they're coming off two really emotional games, a game that they lost that they should have won, a game they won that they should have lost. Uh, it looks like now I, I was going to wait for a seven. I don't think we're going to get a seven. So I, I, I'll still lean to Louisville, but I don't feel comfortable with it. Revenge spot for Sam Hartman. Uh, he has made, let's see, he has made three trips to Louisville. He won his first game back in 2018. But the past two trips he has gone to Louisville, he has lost in that stadium. So, And he actually has lost to Louisville more times than he has beaten them in his career at Wake Forest. So I feel like he takes this game personally. I like Notre Dame here. You know, a little too close for comfort last week. Still, the defense is going to be better than anything that Louisville has faced this season. You know, tell me the elite defense that Louisville has faced, right? Yeah, for a Louisville, for a, t- for a team that's played four Power 5 games already, They've played a week schedule like yep. Boston College, Georgia Tech, NC State and Indiana. Mm-hmm. None of them are any good. So they've played four power five teams, which you give them credit for. But none of them are good. Yeah, nope. this is certainly a, a much bigger test for them. The only thing that does like give me a little bit of caution is that it's a primetime game, you know, on the road. And the crowd is certainly going to be in it. And can Notre Dame silence the crowd? Uh, in Louisville. I mean, they were able to do it last week at Duke, but it took a touchdown run at the end of the game to have a miracle cover. Do, do, 
don't let it get to that point is all I'm saying here for this week. I'm with you. So, it, it, listen, Sam Hartman, he, if Notre Dame is going to make anything out of this season, these are the kind of games they have to have. There, there's no more room for error for them. Uh, so I, I expect an all-in effort from Notre Dame. I'm just still not convinced. I think you're higher on Notre Dame just overall than I am. Yep. Uh, so we'll see. This, this, is a, this is a game where I'd love to see them impress me. Did you see uh, Cam Rising uh, talked about the like extent of his injury? It wasn't just like it wasn't just like one torn like ACL or MCL. He blew out his entire knee, and that's why he yeah. hasn't been back. Yeah, it makes sense, and that's yeah. why I, I. I mean, even if it was just an ACL, if he had gotten back, you know, to start the season, it would have been mm-hmm. miraculous. But uh, it's no wonder this dude is is still sitting out. So I, I don't know. I'm sure he's hoping that that Utah can you know keep holding up and. Uh, and get him where where he can get back, and they've got a chance to make something out of this season. I just don't know if it's going to work out that way. Yeah, for the rest of our college football breakdown, again, listen to the college football podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview feed. And for a breakdown of the Major League Baseball postseason, we have reached the divisional round of the Major League Baseball postseason. We're going to leave you with a little teaser here. Josh Towers and I will record a divisional round preview coming up later on today. So check your podcast feeds later on today, right here on the Straight Out of Vegas podcast feed. We will have a baseball preview of the divisional round. All four series will begin tomorrow. Rangers at the Orioles, Twins at the Astros, Phillies at the Braves, and Diamondbacks at the Dodgers. Former Major League pitcher Josh Towers and I will break it all down coming up later on today. Uh, One last thing before we hit the weekend, Scott. I've got a best bet for the UFC, UFC Vegas. I think it's 80 now, maybe 79. I'm not sure. It's hard for me to keep track of these. Uh, these UFC Vegas events. Uh, I was hoping to go to this thing, our, our boy, friend of the show, Alex Morano fighting, but of course I've got the COVID, so I won't be there. Uh, but well, you know and, who will be there, AJ? Who? Belbita. Diana Belbita. Funny you mentioned that. My best bet is going to be on the fight between Diana Belbita and Carolina Kovalkiewicz. And I've got bad news for you, Scott. Your Don't girl's do it to me. Up. Don't yeah, do it to me. I don't want to see up. her get hurt. Listen, Diana Belbita has gotten a nice following thanks to her Instagram page. Uh, but she's been spoon-fed some of the weakest opponents available in this division. And she's still sitting at two and three in her UFC run. Kovalkiewicz has been in there with some of the best in the world. She had lost five straight fights, was almost out of the UFC, but she's won three straight since. And we also need to remember those those five straight losses, like they came against some of the best fighters in the world, Jessica Andrade, Alexa Grosso, uh, Jan Janan. Like these are the top-level women that she was losing to. But since she's come back, she's just been a different fighter. Uh, she's been very solid with her wrestling, and that is poison for your girl, Belbita. Uh, I think she gets taken down quite a few times, and Kovalkiewicz either gets a sub or just controls and dominates her on the mat for 15 minutes. Either way, Carolina Kovalkiewicz minus 155 will be my best bet. Uh, here's the good news, Scott. Belbita will look good in defeat. Always. If you want AJ's UFC card, we're going to give you $15 off and anything you'd like at pregame.com, whether it's AJ's UFC card, whether it's a college football play for this weekend, NFL, uh, McKenzie's gearing up for the NBA season. So if you want to save your money and use it for the NBA season, which tips off soon, you can do that. We're going to give you a promo code here, SWIFT15. 
Uh, yeah, we're getting caught up in the fever. You know it. Swift 15 is going to save you $15 at pregame.com. Again, use that for any purchase on the website. Most daily best bets are $25, $20, and now you can get $15 off using the promo code SWIFT15. It's a good deal. It's a pretty good deal. It's a pretty sweet deal. Well, I was going to try and do a Taylor Swift joke there, but I I can't think of one there. No, sorry. So Swift 15, get your $15 off at pregame.com. And don't forget, keep an eye out for the Major League Baseball divisional round preview with myself and former big league pitcher Josh Towers coming up later on today. For Mackenzie Rivers and A.J. Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.